Hi, everybody. This is Brady Hoke. And if I know one thing, it's bad college football. That's why I'm here to tell you about the Shutdown Fullcast, a college football podcast so bad that it's mostly not even about football. Every Wednesday, you can listen to Spencer Hall, Jason Kirk, and Ryan Nanny ramble about grocery stores, John Gruden's secrets to everlasting wealth, and unsolved murders. The Shutdown Fullcast. We're very sorry. Hey friends, Mike Prada here from the Limited Upside Podcast, and there are two big things that happened in the NBA the other day. One was Chris Paul getting traded to the Rockets, and you should check out our feed to see the other podcast we recorded with Max Crows of the Dream Shake on what this is supposed to mean for Houston. But this show is a little bit more fun. The Knicks fans are happy. We got R.L. Helwani from MMA Fighting, award-winning journalist, also a Knicks fan. We also have Christian Winfield, also a Knicks fan from SBNation.com. And we're celebrating the end of the Phil Jackson era. These guys are thrilled. Now, there are a lot of interesting next steps that we're not really sure about, but they're going to talk about those another time. Anyway, check this podcast out. You should check us out on iTunes. We are part of the Vox Media Podcast Network. Leave us a review. Nice or mean. We like the feedback either way. Uh, you can do that on iTunes or anywhere else. You get your podcasts, you know, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, anywhere like that. Uh, you can check us out on SBNation.com backslash NBA as well. And send us a line on our Twitter account at limited underscore upside. Thanks again for listening and enjoy this podcast uh, on the Phil Jackson departure with Ariel Helwani and Christian Winfield. This is a limited upside podcast. I don't think Isaiah is involved at all in this current search. No, I'm just saying, or like in general, with the Knicks, like in, not in, in James the Phil Dolan's. Jackson days. I mean, I'm sure he talks to him and asks him for things, and maybe he, you know, this is just us speculating. Maybe he asked what he thought of the last few months, but I'm choosing. See, this is the problem with non Knicks people talking <laughs> about the Knicks. Why do we have to start with Isaiah Thomas? Can okay. we at least all celebrate right. the right. demise <laughs> of Phil Jackson? <laughs> Jesus. You guys enjoy us being all frazzled they do. and upset. Well, they, yeah. they do. There's a measure of it. It's like yeah. happy here. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. What is FanRag Sports? Is that like a real thing? Or is that like a little <laughs> blog? Like, what is that? It only comes up whenever that guy pops out of his little hole. You got to love Charlie Rosen talking about media biases when he's like the most biased person in <laughs> yeah, the quote unquote media. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Oh, that we should be, we should be celebrating Phil. Oh, I'm I mean, so happy that that's, that's all the done. same site that's like putting Sam Presti out there as a potential option as if Presti's like, <laughs> oh, is really? that true? Yeah, I'll take I'm that. I'm looking at a fan That's something I'd like to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. That's something Nick's I want. discussing Sam Presti as Phil Jackson replacement. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad at Sam Presti. Are you kidding? As a Knicks fan, that'd be Sam amazing. Sam Presti, yeah. R.C. Buford, Masai Ujiri, David Griffin, like a, a, a far away fourth. That's my. Yeah. Well, I don't think we're getting RC, Buf- RC Buford. Right? That's I'd rather, probably. I'd rather David Griffin than Masai. Get out of here. You don't have to pay any money. You don't have to pay compensation for David Griffin. He's out of contract. So is, that, so is it 100%? Because I read, uh, I don't know if you guys know Bruce Arthur. He writes mm-hmm. for the Toronto Star. And he essentially wrote that Masai could leave if he wants. 
and it's really up to him. Like, there's not a lot involved as far as compensation. But well, the Raptors could say because he's under contract, you could yeah. say the Knicks like if you want him, like you have to give something back. It's kind of like what happened with Doc Rivers. Sure, mm-hmm. would it be like a second round pick? I have no idea. It depends how desperate Dolan is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doc Rivers take three <laughs> second round picks. Yeah. How much does Dolan want in my side? Well, and that uh, Doc Rivers would... pick ended up being like it could potentially be a very good sure. first round pick. No, it was already used. Oh, that was already it's used. Okay, this is a different Clippers pick. Uh, <laughs> okay, good. Just making sure it was used on R.J. Hunter. I don't know how much you guys follow the Raptors, but I listen to a lot of Toronto sports radio, believe it or not. And his <laughs> exit interview press conference was so, I mean, I, I urge you to actually go back and, and listen to it I as remember. media members because mm-hmm. he was just so honest. He's like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. I don't have answers for you guys. I'm pissed off. I need to figure things out. And He's it was very just candid, so refreshing like just, to hear a guy yeah. speak like that. I think that would go over very well here in New York. Yeah, be a little bit of that opposite, the other side of the coin. Yes, because it's all the BS. <laughs> right. A guy who's that transparent, I think, would be very much appreciated. Nice. Well, let's roll into this. We'll keep this okay. going. That's one voice you're hearing. That's Ariel Helwani joining us. And we also have Christian Winfield. What up, um, what up, what these up? These are our residents, Nick fans, Nick super fans. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, depressed at one point, now seemingly excited and, and hopeful so, for the future. It's so sunny outside. <laughs> yes. Like, there's no <laughs> rain. That way. The, the weather is green beautiful. Lights, the trains are running yeah. smoothly. Like, well, let's get the initial reaction. Quick, so uh, and then we'll get on to kind of the future here, which sure, we're just sure. speculating on. Um, Woj drops some kind of hint in the middle of the night. It's late, uh, three nights. I was ago, up when that ago. happened. I was. You were up. Christian was I up. I go to sleep. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Okay. I, stayed I know, up until I like know other uh, Knicks fans were like, it was a Christmas morning type situation. It was. So Ariel, take me through your emotions first, and then and then Christian lets you go second here. Uh, when you hear the rumor, and then your thoughts between that rumor becoming reality. So I have three kids. I tend to fall asleep <laughs> very early. Um, I did not see the initial rumor. Uh, I woke up at around, I think, 6.45 um, from a text from a friend who works in the NBA, and he just wrote, Phil is gone. <laughs> and I, I mean, I will not ever forget that moment. And then I quickly went on uh, Twitter to see all the reports from Mona Shelburne, Woj, um, uh, Daily News, etc. And no joke, I, w- I was shaking. I, I was shaking because <laughs> because not that long ago, James Dolan said we're going to stick it out. Mm-hmm. Um, he he told someone very recently, ask Phil any questions about the Knicks. Our, our uh, Charlotte Wilder. She was at the uh, the concert on, on draft night, and I, I said this recently. I've never, even in the Isaiah years, and those were some horrible times. I've never felt this way about the team, where I was just like, I want nothing to do with you. The sight of your logo disgusts me. The sight of, wow. of, uh, I, I really felt this way, yeah. and 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 I was kind of rooting for them to trade Chris Stapps on draft day because that would have been the end. Yeah, you could tie that it up would there. have one hundred percent been the end. I would have I would have washed my hands. I feel guilty that I'm making my kids <laughs> Knicks fans. My son wore a Knicks yeah. jersey to camp today because I'm that much more excited. But that's how I felt just a couple of days ago. I was so utterly disgusted with the state of the franchise. And so when I saw that, as you mentioned, the sun came out, I, I was just <laughs> I just consume. I didn't do any work yesterday because I was just refreshing Twitter and just consuming every podcast, every radio interview, every hot take. I was so happy at, at just seeing Phil Jackson parted company, parted ways, whatever the hell you want to call it, gone. I I, I cannot was, stress this enough. Yeah, it is one of the greatest moments for me as a Knicks fan. <laughs> as depressing as that sounds, that, that says a lot. Yes. By the way, yeah. it says a lot. I'm amazed that it got this bad. I mean, and and in a way, the Chris Stapp situation sort of sealed the deal. Even you still get to keep him, and that's why he's gone. Because I think that was the last 100%. straw. Christian, you surprised? I'm a little surprised that this happened. You know, I thought the timing was very odd. I thought if they were going to can him, they should have done it before the draft. Um, now we have Neil Aquino when. 
we're not running the triangle. And I think if we're going to keep Hornacek, Dennis Smith Jr. would have been the better fit at point guard. Um, but to look at the other side of it, I, I just think back to middle of the season. I'm talking to Carmelo. Well, we're all talking to Carmelo, and he's saying, you know, there's this dark cloud that's hovering over the Knicks, or over the franchise. That cloud is gone. You know, it's 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 really, it's really, really gorgeous outside. And you're looking at what the Knicks can do, who they're going to get. The triangle was like the biggest thing during the season, and nobody wanted to run it. Nobody understood it. Nobody. It, it was. It was just. Let's break it down. Uh, so I think we're all in pretty good agreement here. The tenure for Phil Jackson was not a success. Okay, he <laughs> <laughs> was eighty and one sixty six as the GM of the Knicks uh, in just three years of the five year deal that he signed. And he made some of the worst deals so, ever. Oh, let's go goodness. through this. What specifically? That's okay. What specifically, Ariel? Was it that made you? have this kind of visceral reaction to this Knicks team? Is it is it the moves he made? Is it the contract that he was given? Is it the uh, the missed decisions with coaching and who he brought in? Was it, uh, you know, missing out on Steve Kerr originally? This whole thing started off. It was off. the smugness. Yeah. It was the fact that... Personality. He didn't seem to really care about the team. He seemed to care about the success of his system and his personal success and proving to others that I can be a Pat Riley proving to others that I could be also a great executive as I was a great coach. He did not care about the franchise. And people tell me all day long about, oh, he got you Chris Stapps. Phil Jackson did not get the Knicks. Sixers got you Chris Stapps. You're welcome. Clarence Gaines got the Knicks (laughs) Chris Stapps. Who wanted Jalil for? Yeah, and he (laughs) would have 100% drafted him if they got third. Phil Jackson could not have picked Chris Stapps Porzingis out from a lineup of, you know, other seven-foot Latvians. So don't tell me anything about (laughs) Chris There's so many of them. The only good thing that happened in the past three years, and and, and it it drives me nuts, because we should have had Thibodeau. There were so many great coaches available last year. Um, Fisher was a mistake i believe hornacek is a mistake seems like a great guy but he's not the right coach for this team um the only good thing that the knicks did was their euro scouting in my opinion under phil jackson and that's in large part due to clarence Gaines jr and so they got billy hernan gomez who i think the world of kuzminskis who i think is a solid role player of course porzingis and that's why when they drafted Frank LeTank, as I like to call him, I, I, I was I was comforted with the idea. So this is part of the Euro department. They kind of know what they're doing. I don't buy this notion that it was a mistake to draft him because he was a triangle point guard. I mean, he wasn't playing the triangle in France. Right. Because it's 2017. Yes. Yeah, seven-foot wingspan, you got to take that. You need a, a lockdown defender. As So to me, it doesn't matter. I'm a Bills fan. The Bills oh. actually... I'm the worst sports fan. We could go into this all day. but Expos the, too, right? Yes. So I'm the worst <laughs> luck sports fan out there. But the Bills actually fired their GM after the draft this year. So my two favorite teams yeah. fired their GM essentially after the draft. So I, I'm used to this kind of incompetence. <laughs> I don't care when it happened. I'm just happy he's gone. Mm. And, and and that black cloud is gone. So I'm, I'm okay with yeah. it. I mean, the personality part, all the leaks coming out here of, and I hate to use that term just for a lot of reasons, but uh, the news that we hear, falling asleep potentially while in uh, the scouting process, uh, the idea that he was working out each of the individuals here within the triangle for their individual workouts, which is counterintuitive because the triangle is a system and you need to see how good this individual player is. The, the triangle uh, uh, is so much more than a system to him. I know. Well, that's a way of life. It's literally a way of life. If I never have to hear the word triangle yeah. ever again, yeah. I, would I hear so they're going to ban it from Madison Square Garden, which is, I believe thank it. God. Well, I mean, think about it. The, the triangle in a lot of ways represents uh, this ethos that he has tried to carry with him as a human being. This, this you know, Zen master, this idea it's that there's a, a mind over matter. Yeah. It's not that big <laughs> of a deal. Right. But I'm saying, <laughs> but to, to him, it's part of that, yeah. that larger picture with which he's been painting for, for decades now in the league. And I'm glad you brought up Pat Riley because Pat Riley obviously was a 
good coach here in, in New York as well. Um, but then Pat Riley took a huge step in another direction when he became an executive, and that was to disassociate his coaching Pat Riley sure. from his general management Pat Riley. Right. And Phil Jackson tried to just seamlessly carry one into the other. You can't coach the ninth row. You can't do that to Jeff Hornacek. You can't undermine him. It's a, it's a disaster. You can't do that. Yeah, and so there were a few other things that happened here as well. Uh, he let Jr. and Chump go for that, basically nothing. Yeah, he, that uh, that was egregious to me. That was like I don't know if those guys were going to fit, but yeah, they didn't. They get are much. definitely they pieces. They did get Lance Thomas in that trade. They did, yeah, sure. Lance, that's Lance sure. Thomas and what? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it's a good trade. I'm just saying. Let's not forget that that Jr. and Chump were an important part of the 54 win season. So, like this idea that they were cancers is ludicrous. I mean, Jr. had one of his best seasons of his career prior to Six being man. Yep, prior to being let go there. Um, another parts of the the tenure here as well. I wanted to talk about Carmelo. Not just the deal, but the no trade clause that he put on top, which well, that, only handcuffs that's, himself. That's the most poetic part of all of this. Yeah. Phil killed himself. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was <laughs> attaching that no trade yeah. to that deal is what ultimately led to his demise. That's the most beautiful part of this whole yeah. scenario. I love that because he would have traded he would have traded Carmelo for a bag of balls to Milwaukee yep. if he could have. And I love the fact that he was the guy who put that no trade. Yep. He okayed that. Mm-hmm. How stupid was that move? It yeah. was incredibly stupid. Yeah. And then we're in an era now where you want your stretch four or your five to have multiple tools or be exceptional at the few things they do potentially not having a horrible injury history. He goes and gives Joakim Noah four years, $72 million. These are just deals that speak to like mid-90s basketball and not even good mid-90s basketball teams. Um, I guess the next step here, guys, is how do we fix these problems and how irrevocable is the damage, or at least in the short term, uh, how long is it going to take for the Knicks to dig out of this? And we started talking about GMs that we... We have to ask the other thing. Perspectively one. sorry to put... A cloud of rain. Okay, fine. I was but, trying to get to the positive. How do we part. feel about? I mean, James Dolan isn't going anywhere. It's not sure. like he's you know he's got fired Phil Jackson. Not like he has a history. Like, how confident are you feeling with James Dolan now? Has got to. Can I say something nice about James Dolan? I do believe deep down inside that he wants the Knicks to be good. He just can't get out of his own way. Like what he did with the Rangers was he put Glenn Sather there and said, "Run the team because I don't really care about hockey." Mm-hmm. And look, they're a success. He wants to be successful. The problem is he doesn't have the gun to his head in the sense that like if they suck, people won't buy tickets because right. we I think always it's a big know factor. tourists yeah, and things like that. But factor. I do believe he wants the Knicks to be successful. And so I think that, okay, so everyone said like he loves that Phil's there because Phil takes the blame away from him. But now he's been viewed as the savior. So if he can just make the right move and bring in a Messiah, bring in someone and go back to just being that guy and letting the team, he has proven that he can let the team run itself. I'm, I'm I'm giving Jimmy another chance. Okay, I believe in Jimmy. <laughs> no Chris, options you get, here. You giving yes. Jimmy another chance? You know, uh, we we kind of don't have a choice here. We kind of yeah, have to. True. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna be optimistic here and say, yeah, you know, like I think who he replaces Phil Jackson with will will speak That's volumes. That's a huge thing. So, and I think that they need to whoever he does replace Phil Jackson with, they need to mend that relationship with Chris Stapps, with some of the players. You need to talk to him about who else you want to bring in. You got to kind of make that relationship there because. It, it got ugly. It got ugly really fast. Real and Kristaps was gone. He wasn't even. He wasn't going to come back. I didn't think so. To me, that was the most per- more so than any single move that Phil Jackson made. Which okay, like there are some moves that didn't work out very well. Like it was that part of the culture that warring with your best players, that lack of work ethic. Frankly, you know, I don't think he ever really wanted the job. I think he took it because it was a twelve million dollar yeah. job. And he built in, million dollars. Yeah, and he built in clauses to not be in New York, right? Specifically, <laughs> when he signed the contract it's, to be the GM of the New York Knicks. That's it's the whole culture that I think really submarine them because it's more so than any other individual move. So yeah, the guy he brings in is going to be really important. So you're 
Masai Ujiri is the guy I think you want. I mean, Ujiri, Buford, Presti. Obviously, I want the moon. Like, look, if you were willing to pay Phil Jackson with no experience as an executive, why not pay those guys as well? The one thing that bothered me the most, like, let's forget about the culture stuff. Let's forget about, you know, just him falling asleep and just being a lazy executive. The thing that bothered me the most, like, if you are a good and smart GM, if you will, basketball mind, why would you hold press conferences? I never understood this. And show all your cards to the world. Why would you tell the world that we are so desperate desperate to trade Carmelo. Why would any other GM in the league trade you anything of value for him? Why would you tell the world that we are so desperate to trade Kristaps Porzingis? Now we know that you're desperate. Like just those things made me think like this guy's actually not all there. Like he just came across as a senile out of touch old man and he was so smug towards the media i mean i would watch all those press conferences like i couldn't believe the tone and the way he looked down on them and the no answers that he would give them and it was just like what are you doing and so at some point i was just thinking of james dolan and thinking like why am i paying this guy and it's unfortunate that they signed that extension but i I, again i got to give james some credit we hate you so much. You are such a big <laughs> disgrace. You are such an utter failure that we are going to pay you to go away. Think yeah, about that. Because yeah. James would have done. I think. He, I think if. I think if Phil didn't get so crazy with Carmelo and Kristaps, I think he'd still be here. I but think Kristaps is what. Yeah, that was straight. definitely. I, I just think that how, I, he just lost his mind, or maybe tried to seal his own fate. You can argue James he was trying payment. to get fired. You know, Ugh. he maybe he just didn't want the job anymore. He's like, you know what? I'm going to take every single step possible, starting with giving Joakim Noah seventy-two million dollars, so I can get fired <laughs> in three hundred sixty-five. Start days. the rumor about re-signing yeah. Derrick Rose. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> throw in a little. That just yeah. drives me nuts when he kept talking about these things. And like, you you want to talk about the exit interview? I mean, Derrick Rose went AWOL on the team, and right, you did that, nothing. That was the most ridiculous thing you, you didn't all. even put out a statement you didn't hold a press conference you didn't slap his hand and you're mad at this kid for for caring and, and for sending you a message you know what i mean like he didn't betray his team he didn't leave them on an island by themselves he cared so much that he said f you and i, I like i don't want to say i want to build, build chris Stapps and mellow freaking statues outside of msg for getting and how great would it be if mellow actually okays the trade clause well, see, trade thing, <laughs> I, now, I did you guys a solid i'm out of here if i if i'm him i'm saying okay Give me whatever you want. I'm out of here with the buyout. Like yep. I would start the negotiation, and then I would be- build the statue for him. <laughs> <laughs> but like, a banner. Yeah. The, the difference, of course, in those two instances is that Derrick Rose disrespected his teammates. Chris S. disrespected Phil Jackson. You see what Phil Jackson cared more about. Yeah, that's, that's a very line. telling that's a point. Yeah, I, I definitely think there is something to be said for the way that modern day athletes react to criticism compared to the, potentially the cut of the jib, if you will, of the people who are part of the Bulls teams in the mid '90s. Guys like Kobe Bryant, guys like Shaquille O'Neal, Robert Ory, et cetera, in the, in the early 2000 uh, Lakers teams, um, you have to know how to treat each player on an individual level. And I think Phil threw a blanket on it, which is this is how I am. This is how my Bulls teams reacted in the 90s. Absolutely. This is how my Lakers teams reacted in the 2000s. Well, it's also, it's now, also- now 19 or 20-year-old you know, Latvian guy who just moved to America, you're going to fall under that same umbrella. Yeah, and you've got to have different yeah. gloves on. It's also he's not the coach anymore. That's right. He's the executive. Yeah. He never figured that out. Um, so anyway, you want Masai Ujiri. One of many, but yes, I respect yeah, Masai. Masai would yes. be a good idea. Yeah. What great. do you think, Christian? Um, I, I would like Masai Ujiri. I would like anyone who's an upgrade from Phil, which could probably be any one of us at this point. Um, <laughs> I believe that. I I think I would like David Griffin just because he has, I guess you can say he has championship experience. You can say he's a, a masterful cap expert or what have you. Um, I think we need to figure out what they're doing with the coach going forward as well. Because we don't know if they're going to keep Jeff Hornacek. Like, was a really, really great guy, but you can argue that the fit wasn't right for him and the team and the market. Really, um, 
they were talking about Mark Jackson. They were talking about Jeff Van Gundy. <laughs> See if we can Jeff get Van any Gundy, of those guys I would, back. I would, I would cry. Yeah, if, if we got Mark back. Jackson, I would. Be I don't know so about happy. Mark Jackson. Jeff Van Gundy is the guy. Oh man, what is yeah. this? No, not a Mark Jackson. Fan? Nah, Mark Jackson to me is. Uh, He's from here, hometown. I know, legend. I know. He's a pacer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's a good point. Yeah, that's, that's a huge part of it. Be like hiring Reggie Miller to coach. Well, it'd be like having <laughs> Phil Jackson as the executive. Well, I don't care what go. he did in the seventies. <laughs> when he came in there, he was the guy who shattered my dreams for yeah. all those years in the nineties. Yeah. I don't. I didn't feel comfortable with it. It didn't feel right. Yeah. And then we have like Jim Clemens on the sidelines, like all these guys that I despised as a kid. I don't want these people there. Kurt Rambis. Donnie Walsh has here. already made the yeah. move. He was a pacer too. Have they let Kurt Rambis go yet? He needs to be fired yesterday. <laughs> he needs sure, to be gone. I'm sure he will not be sticking around. I like how whenever Jeff Hornacek name comes up it's sort of like uh, when a friend of yours is dating someone who yeah, you yeah. don't really like and you're like but yeah she's nice she's nice she's cool, nice becomes the word you can't figure out exactly <laughs> nice. what you don't like about them right but you, but you like want to code it with something that's not like mean but at the same time doesn't give them any positive so it's like nice right yeah, i hear horn of sex said Nice guy. I, mean, I, I should <laughs> preface this all with, like, on a personal level, I actually am a huge Jeff Hornacek See, fan. I was, right. doing it I was a Sixers fan. I grew <laughs> yeah. up. He was, he was the principal part of the Charles Barkley trade, if you guys want to get That's mad about 90s like basketball. Him. Yeah. Lang, Perry, and Hornacek are what we got for the guy who became the MVP of the NBA the next season. You've never brought that up on But this is not a Sixers podcast, guys. This is not why we're here. David Griffin would be a good fit for I agree. I tend to think Griffin That's the guy I would go after because he certainly has experience dealing with Mercury. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. In Cleveland and Phoenix. It's true. So that's the guy I would go after. Plus, you wouldn't have to pay any compensation if Toronto. Does Griffin leave to uh, lead to LeBron? Ooh, I don't know. Well, I think you got to put the LeBron pipeline okay, pipe dream away. Like, <laughs> that just makes my metaphors again. Yeah. That's all the time, by the way. <laughs> I know it's in the first half of this. What were the two you mixed up? But anyhow, Mike's always uh, goes. Wit, like, I think a know, whip neck. Whip gotta, lash and breath neck. Yeah, you don't want to put <laughs> the cart before the forest and trees uh. or something like that. So we, we, we do this a lot here, uh, our screwed up uh, metaphors. Um, let's see. Other notes uh, that, I, that I had here, guys, were um, number one, uh, next season, expectations should be low. And appropriately low, sure. as opposed to where they have been under the Phil tenure, which is we have expectations of why aren't we doing better? Mm. That should be a little different from a fan base perspective. And I want to ask you about one particular name that we did not bring up here who might be the perfect guy to help rebuild an organization that is at the ground floor right yes. now. Oh, no. How, yes, how yes, do you feel yes. about Sam Hinkie oh, making yes. his move to New York yeah. City? Yes, yes. <laughs> well, you go first. And, <laughs> do you <laughs> see what is in Philly right now? Do you see what's in Philly right now? I'll take that. I'll take a couple years tanking. I'll take a couple years not being relevant just to have a Joel Embiid, just to have a Ben Simmons, a Markel Fultz. But, but, but why does Hinky get that credit? Because he, he like, set it up. He just set. gutted it. Yeah, and he got as much in return as he could. I and was going to say, don't you, the Knicks, in a, in a sense, maybe they should gut it? They, they should gut it and keep Chris Stapps, keep the Euros. Okay, and, but okay, what does gut mean? That doesn't mean get rid of Chris Stapps, right? No, 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 like I don't yeah, need I mean, Sam Hink. Like what? Sam Hinkie proved that he can lose, and and I like, like like no, but that's true. Like what else? Okay, maybe the book will be written in ten years, but like right yeah. now, David Griffin is a winner, and I know he had LeBron, but he 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 got the right people around him. Masai is a winner to a degree, um, in Denver and Toronto. Presti Buford, these guys are, are winners. Like Sam Hinkie's not a winner. Yeah, I mean, se. so so he's also the, the Sixers didn't have a Chris Stapps, so at no, this point, even if yeah. even if they were to got it all except for him they would probably still be too good to get the number one pick I mean, sure. that's all well and good but like just so we're all on the same page here the knicks record wise have been only slightly better picking behind the sixers twice in the three years that phil was the gm so they're only 
that close to where the Sixers were while they were trying to tank. My whole, my whole reason bringing up Hinky is because he seems to have a better way of getting the assets to do what you want to do. In the sure, Sixers case, smart mind. In the Sixers case, it was trading up for a Fultz. It was waiting on a guy like Embiid. But in other cases, it could be more in the Daryl Morey sense. Well, wait, we're you, giving Hinky credit for Fultz? I mean, look, they have they have the no assets? chance of trading up for him if they don't. All right. um, and, and look, giving Colangelo credit for that is... He the trigger on the deal, though. He was not there to have the gun in his hand, yes. unfortunately. Well, but he so did load the gun before he left. If you but load the gun before you half leave, credit. then... Half credit. We'll give him half credit. We'll give him half <laughs> That's credit. That's all Brian Colangelo, baby. Sure. But, like, but let's... Oh, <laughs> that's another Toronto Raptors thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I should say, quick aside on that, most of Usai Majiri's greatest heists sure. have had, you know, come at the behest of the Knicks. Of course. Yes. Um, well, the other so, thing, too, oh, is that many of his best players were there when he got there. That's true as well. and DeMar DeRozan. From Colangelo. He did do good work in Denver, too. Although yep. it is kind yeah, of funny that he's the one who traded Carmelo away, um, and then and then tried to trade Kyle Lowry, and then of course did the Andrea Bargnani deal. So it's weird that Dolan has this affection for him. I can't see Dolan hire a guy like Hinky, who's kind of known for just tanking. I think Dolan wants to make a splash and hire someone who's a winner. That's There's no his, doubt there'd be a little bit of of oil and and water there. But I think the the part I'm getting at though is that there are other ways to make those assets and cap flexibility turn into not prospects and not draft picks, but do what Daryl Morey has done in Houston, which is continually give yourself flexibility to try to make that splash. And right. look, Houston's a desirable market for certain reasons. New York is a desirable market for a whole nother for set reason. of reasons. It right. should be. It is not right now. Right, right. But part of this part it is desirable now. Well, part of this gone. play here though yeah. is that <laughs> when the Sixers were bad, no one was coming to the games. People, like we mentioned earlier, because it's a, a corporate event, because it's a, a, a tourist event. Madison Square Garden is going to be packed with people almost no matter what. You can get away with things like having the fourth pick in the draft multiple years in a row or, or, you know, uh, top 10 picks in the lottery or whatever. Um, And it doesn't even really come with that same negative, we're not selling tickets, no one's paying attention. People are going to pay attention to the Knicks regardless of how good or bad they are. It just matters a little bit more to the city's fabric. It's a basketball city when the Knicks are good. And as someone who's never lived in New York, when the Knicks have been like at the height of their success, I haven't. They were a good (laughs) team one year I've lived here. Yeah, I was going to say, when when it's it's (laughs) Christian. <laughs> no, that's true. Right? Even either, right? And so, How old were you uh, during the Ewing years? Were you like negative? I mean, one? I was born in '92, so. Oh, oh my smokes. God! I didn't yeah. realize you were that young. Either. Smokes in yeah. 1992 when the Knicks <laughs> lost to the Bulls in the seventh game of the second round. I was uh, I was uh, in Boston on vacation and I cried. I, I I remember vividly crying so much that my brother, who was a Bulls fan, was like. Grow up, you loser. <laughs> I was crying. Your brother's crying. a Bulls fan? My brother was oh, a Bulls man. fan. I, I lived in a house. I was a Knicks fan surrounded by Bulls fans. I was a Bills fan surrounded by Cowboys fans. So it was wow. torturous. The, the, the early 90s were horrible tell you this, for you. The, the best memory I have of Knicks' success is them getting to the second round against the Pacers in yeah. 2013 and losing because J.R. Smith threw punches at Jason Terry <laughs> and got suspended. I don't buy that either. I don't buy that. I'll, I'll say this about it's it's fascinating to talk to someone uh, of your age because like to you the Knicks are you know a laughing stock and they are a laughing stock. But I remember vividly the '90s Knicks being a model franchise. I remember them being sort of you know the the tough look like they found diamonds in the rough. Anthony Mason, John Starks, guys who are like rejects of the CBA. Uh, and I'm not talking about the collective bargaining agreement. I'm talking yeah, about yeah, the yeah, Continental yeah, yeah. Basketball yeah. Association. <laughs> so this was a model franchise. And and Dave Checkets and Ernie Grunfeld, I remember this vividly. And so like to me, it still actually feels foreign that they're a laughingstock. So so and what's changed in your... James Dolan. Oh, well, yeah. James right, Dolan has changed, yeah. to be quite honest. <laughs> and and yeah. I believe, something that's not talked about, I believe that there's a curse of Patrick Ewing, like there was the Billy Goat curse, like there was the Bambino curse. 
ever since they traded him, it all went downhill. You don't treat legends like that. Yeah. And they never <laughs> brought him back. And I just feel like there's a Patrick Ewing curse. Like Bill Simmons loved to spew this sort of Ewing theory that teams are better when 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 the star leaves you know yeah. that thing yeah, of he course talks about it of course there's a ewing curse in new york yeah and i feel like until they make amends with him and of course now he's on to bigger and better i, I still feel like that's the black cloud uh, and you can this and you can sprinkle a little oakley, oakley bad juju on man. top of that, that that's new but yes <laughs> sure just another feud with another former this, great this past year has just been surreal and that's part of the reason why i was so disgusted like the the oakley thing i mean yeah that hurt my heart. You sure, know? Yeah, sure. Oakley, yeah. And you still see around the city many Oakley jerseys. That's yeah, a popular beloved. throwback jersey. Yeah. Beloved. I would say he was just as beloved as Ewing, maybe a notch under just because of how hard he played. Yeah. Like, I would be okay. I think they should retire his jersey. I really Why? do. Yeah, they definitely should. I think they should retire Starks' jersey, too. I mean, those guys meant a lot to Agreed. the city. One day, Robert Covington will be that for you, <laughs> Oh, my goodness. <laughs> he finished fourth in NBA defensive voting he might for be that. Defensive Player of the Year. Just <laughs> fourth? Or, he, he finished, finished fourth, fourth in Defensive Player of the Year That's voting. That's because, like, one dude gave him a first-place vote. Fourth. For a guy we're making that's a better season next year. Uh, Sixers or Knicks? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look, I, I'm bullish on the Sixers' the chances. Yeah, for depends on if we right. even still have if, Melo. If the Knicks can go get a free agent. Look, if, if Kyle Lowry decides that all of a sudden he wants to be a Nick and be the point guard for Porzingis and help him mature into a better player, and they decide to change the offense to principally go through and develop a better Porzingis. They should. They, as they probably should. The Knicks could be a, a you know mid thirties win team, which is honestly where I see the Sixers. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Okay. And, fair and I think I think like and this is just you know uh, incremental gains. The Sixers went from a ten win team to a twenty eight win team, right? And like that is a huge jump. Huge. In terms of you know uh, going from uh, double more than doubling your win total, there's going to be a little bit of a, a maturation process for the Sixers. Our entire team is basically under twenty six years old. Even Covington, you mentioned, is twenty six years old, right? Yeah, he's the, like to he's make a veteran. Because you love him so <laughs> much. I know, I know, I know. But uh, he's, I mean, he's a, you guys are definitely in a better spot long term. Sure. Because you had all oh, those, sure. you know, picks totally. and Simmons. I still believe as long as we have Chris Epps, I, I believe in this guy so much. Sure, I, sure. I, I really feel like he will be our Nowitzki. He's going to be our guy. And that's why it was just so disheartening. Like, it's been two years and you're already killing this guy? You are yeah. already, like... I made no sense on any level. I think him? it was also worse. I think he wanted out because if he gets out, I was saying this on previous podcasts, because of the CBA rules, if he had gotten out before his rookie contract is up, he could have still been eligible for a Supermax down the line somewhere else. So that's and he knows big, that, you know, it's not like right. they don't know how much money is being thrown out. Yeah, I guess there. we'll see. Like, I mean, I, I love the dude too, and he was great when they actually ran the offense through him. They did a whole video yeah, on yeah, it. Yeah. But like, he has all. He also has worn down the last two years. Let's see yeah. if they can manage him a little bit better. He looks great. You see those yeah, videos? He's lifting. Yeah, like working he out. Bigger. Yeah, that's why. That's why I think like getting the right president in there really, really is where it starts because they got to put guys around him who are going to help him develop and give him the ball. Well, let's and act right now like uh, like Christian and Ariel here. You guys are the new GMs of the Knicks. What's oh, your first move this summer? Can I tell you? I was just yeah, actually yeah, going to say that. If I'm like meeting you and you're James Dolan and you say, okay, sir, you know, we'd like to hire you officially as the president of basketball operations before meeting the press, before talking to the fans, I book the first flight to Latvia and I sit down with this mm -hmm. guy and I honestly say like, mm -hmm. you're the reason why I'm here. Everything I'm going to do for the next decade is going to be because of you. I'm going to build the team. What do you have? I am literally like kneeling down in front of him and saying, how do we fix this? How are you more comfortable? And then the next thing I do is I go talk to Carmelo and I go figure out where he's at. Phil, you could say he left. You know, I see these articles like, oh, he left the Knicks in a better position. Bullshit. The Knicks were a playoff team before he got there. And, and, and yes, they didn't have Chris Stapps and all that, but I'm not giving him any credit for any of that. I'm sorry, I'm not. 
And so he left them in a mess. They're a laughing stock. They're an embarrassment. They're the butt of everyone's jokes. He just needs to fix the culture, um, the new guy. Um, and so that's the first thing I do. I fly to Latvia and I sit down and I show this kid some love. And you could say like, oh, he's 21. He doesn't deserve it. He needs to fall in line. Oh, no, no. Bullshit. He's the future. This team is going where he goes. Mm. It's how the and NBA so, works. Yeah, yes. it is. Yes. It is. Look, so, look at Harden and, and Paul. Like This is a player's league. Or the Griffin-LeBron yeah. relationship. Yeah. Griffin to LeBron, hey, what do you want? What's the best way to support your talents? Yes. Who can you make into better players? That's how you build teams. Yeah. yeah. Got any moves, Christian? In the same vein as, yep. as Ariel said, I'm, I'm booking a flight. I'm, I'm going to go sit down with Ron Baker. You know, we got to figure out what he wants. No, <laughs> um, I think mending your relationship with Chris Stapps is the first way you have to go. I want to know who you want to play with. Who is your ideal free agent? What kind of point guard, right? Yeah, who do you want running the show so that we can get him out there? Because obviously Derek Rose wasn't it. Obviously, you know, Ron Baker is okay, but we need an upgrade. Um, do you like Neil Aquina? What do you want us to get? He just followed him on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. By the way, waiting until Phil Jackson yes. left to follow him. Do you on think Instagram. that was on purpose? I yeah, do. of course. Yeah. 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 All this stuff do. is for show, man. That's, That's amazing. It has to be. Yeah, he, he's not stupid. He knows we would have noticed that. We yeah. need to do a whole separate podcast on the value of liking, uh, commenting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the different Isaiah Thomas is a pro, media. man. He's, <laughs> he's on really every day. Yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's walking up on Embiid's corner for, for top ben, social media ben, athletes. If you want me to like your Instagram photos, just tell me. <laughs> one. You don't need to use this. This is a podcast. whole other like culture that is not a thing in MMA, yeah. like liking people's posts and stuff like that. But I do get a kick out of it. I saw uh, someone tweet about that yesterday, and and uh, I did feel very worried when Chris Epps didn't acknowledge the draft pick. Like yeah. I saw like Hernan Gomez acknowledge it. Do you guys? I have a man crush on Hernan Gomez. Like I would like <laughs> to buy a Hernan Gomez jersey for my kids. I can't find one. I I feel like. He's Should the second now. coming of Marcus Sol. I, I can't find one for the life yeah, of me. Like he just experience. made first team all rookie. I feel yeah, like they'll, no, he'll be producing those. He's nice. He's I mean, I wish, he's, he's I wish nice. we had Seth Come Rosenthal here because Seth is the biggest uh, Bile fan. I don't know. I, I, would, I, would, uh, I, I would go up against him for Defense that one. Defense has got a little bit of ways <laughs> sure, to go before he gets to Marcus I mean, he's the best turning Gomez brother in the league. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Wancho's you know? shooting though. threes, right? Wancho's shooting threes. I don't know about that. Pick. Wancho's pretty Wancho's good. Wancho's out here shooting threes. I was like, uh, he's, he's Denver's, right? So, yeah, yeah, I, I should probably stop rivalry. like pouring cold water on you. I like Hernan Gomez as well. I mean, part of it was there was an opportunity for him because his skill set last year wasn't denigrated by the team around him. It was actually probably, you know, Augmented a sure. little bit because he's a hard worker. Plays yeah. down low where they just didn't have any other bigs. I thought Embiid should have won Rookie of the Year, honestly, because people bought tickets Look, to go see him. No one was going to tickets to see Malcolm Brogdon. Bro, I would I cool. would have voted for Hernan <laughs> Gomez over topic. Brogdon as well. In mm -hmm. fact, like wow. I, hope, I hope every Bucks fan listening to this knows that I'll give you a good shot that Brogdon's not an NBA player in five years or less. <sighs> no, wow. that's, he's no, that's, so that's completely mediocre. In fact, he was no, so good at point guard on. last year that the uh, the uh, the Bucks had to decide that. Giannis was their point guard. That's help. the whole point. That's why. Yep. He, that's the role he and, plays. But yet he's not a good shooter, and yet he's a pretty decent on-ball defender for like. By the way, he'll like twenty-four-year-old be because he's a five-year college basketball player. He's I'm just saying. He's George Hill. He's not George oh Hill. Goodness. That's George crazy. That's Hill. Everyone compares everyone to George Hill. I feel that when Nilakina got drafted, like why is George right, Hill so that he's, guy? So he's because uh, yeah, George Hill's nice. You know. Yeah, <laughs> What about Jeff T? Can we talk about that? Do you want Jeff T? Um, uh, not no. so much. Why? Not so not much. I just think either. Jeff Teague is just really av an average point guard. Okay, he's, he's, a, he's a ball in hand point guard. Yeah, too. that too. Uh, well, so it depends you... how much any of these guys cost, right? So the thing about the point sure. guard market is that there's so many point guards. So somebody, I, my feeling has always been that Porzingis can make a point guard look pretty good if you use him the right way. So I don't think it really makes much sense for the Knicks to spend max contract level 
money on a point guard. So I would see who shakes out, and as long as it's not Derrick Rose, like I might take. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't be opposed to like Darren Collison on a short term mm-hmm. deal. See how that works, and then see if for Neil Kina can develop. Like I wouldn't just think a lot. So of money are you getting rid of Derrick? Yeah, I would not. Yeah, I, well. I think it's and you're like one of his curious. biggest fans. I like Derrick Rose. You know, I thought he had a really good season given what he had to go through in terms of injuries and how he started this started the year. What, how what he a, ended the year really too. But I shouldn't be so harsh on Brogdon. By I the think way, that, guys. Yeah, I kinda, no, that was, as, a, as a person, I'm a terrible. huge fan of him. I'm a big UVA supporter. My wife went there, and I think he's a classic. <laughs> trying to walk this back. Yeah, he is. <laughs> what about Rubio? Um, I wouldn't mind Rubio. Yeah, I, I think I think the Knicks need a point guard who does not need the ball in his hands all the time, who can score off the ball. I think the Knicks need a guy kind of like Ish Smith, even though he's not available. Um, just a guy who who makes his teammates better, who doesn't need to score to be effective. And I think Rose is that guy. Well, he's the guy that needs the ball in his hands, and who's and and even when he does attack, he passes the ball way too late. You know, he'll wait until the defense is fully collapsed on him. I want makes Rubio. A late pass. Rubio would be a good fit. I just but. think go all Euro. There's something uh, to that camaraderie. There's something to the connection. It's very Spursian. Yeah, just yeah. go for it. I, I, I was hoping that they made that trade uh, at the deadline. Rubio Rose. Oh, yeah. Rubio oh Rose man, oh, I was ready. So I was ready for it because that would have been perfect. Yeah, well, yeah. that could have turned stuff around. Yeah, Rubio just, can I run a heck of a pick and roll. Money in that position. Rubio wouldn't be bad because he only got what two years left in his deal. Because mm-hmm. I mean, you do have Neil Keenan. Like, let's see what the kid can do. So like, I wouldn't sink like eighteen. I know, but I wouldn't sink like a four-year deal, max deal into Drew Holiday. Yeah, no, like no. I wouldn't do. I don't think they can even do that. Cast space was. I wouldn't mm-hmm. sink a big. I wouldn't sink too much money to that position. You need, a, you know, stopgap someone who can be competent and kind of go from there. I, I yeah. would like to see Drew find his way to Dallas. I think, Eric Eric I think Drew's going to stay. I, I think I think the Pelicans are going to throw as much money as they can at Drew Holiday because if they don't, they've only got thirteen million to sign somebody else, and that's yeah. So, um, but, I, I I really like. Like you said, just we don't know what Neil Akina can do. What we do know is he can defend at the very least. He has long arms. He can move. He's athletic. One so, day he can defend. Yeah, well, he will be able to. But I think I think we'll see what he can do. But we do, like you said, we need a bridge point guard for now. I'm confident. I, 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 it's amazing. You don't know what it's like to be the host of a podcast. <laughs> yes. Your co-host um, has a pretty good team. Your team's not very sure. good, right? And, I mean, I, I'm and, not exactly and that every like time wild about my favorite. And, but every time I get excited about the Sixers, Mike is like, "Well, then there's also this." Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I did see That's the X-ray fine. of that. There's uh, nothing you could say right now that feels <laughs> gone. So it, it's yeah. just the the the, the, the possibilities. The, the possibilities great. are endless. The one thing I just pray for the Knicks is just some stability. It just feels like every year. Like I was so upset when they got rid of Glenn Grunwald. I thought he did a great job. Um, Woodson, I was kind of on the fence about. I mean, yeah, he got them to the playoffs, but he did seem somewhat incompetent, and all the switching was driving me nuts. But I just want stability. I just I just want someone who's going to be there for the long haul. And I, I want it because they have the guy. Now let's build around the guy. Yep. And that's it. Yep. We're, we're in a good place. Yep. We actually are in a good place. It's almost like it don't not. overthink it. Yeah. Just, yeah. just, let's just, let's just be normal. We just be a normal team. <laughs> yeah. why, do, yeah. why, why do we have to be the laughing stock? Why do we have to be the, the butt of jokes? Let's just be normal, a normal bad team. I could live with that. Yep. And, and look, in the face of the Celtics and Sixers, your other regional team, look, the, the, the Wizards, this is the Northeast Corridor, right? There's some good teams being created right now. Or yeah. at least, you know, theoretically, in the future, these teams will be good. Even the Nets look sure. Okay. Even the Nets I are making the right the steps. Doing. Yeah, I love I really it. Like I, I love the, I love what they're doing. So I, I think they're they're building something there. Yeah, and the one thing the Knicks cannot yeah, afford to like do. Build, they're starting with little pebbles. You got to crawl before you no, can walk. Man, you need I, the pebbles. I, first, love their right coach. Love Atkinson. Love Sean Marks. Yeah, like they get it. Mm-hmm. And the last thing the Knicks can do is to let a team like the Nets, who were literally buried yes. six feet under, oh my giving God. everything that they could have had that was uh, advantageous to them to the Celtics, an interdivision rival. Uh, the last thing the Knicks can do is let that team 
then excel past them and oh, how they grow be. their franchise. Which it could. That Which could it, happen. It could. Depending on who the Nets get this summer, that's, that's very real. Yeah. Two, two turtles trying to talk about our Curmudgeon show. Yeah, right? Yeah. Jeez. I know, I know. He's just, he's living it up right now. He's got, well, why, he's why got are you young, so confident? A young so Bradley Beal. Oh, I'm not so confident in the Wizards. You guys aren't going to no. do anything. No, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I'm like, cool. Look, my team is not won more than 45 games in like 30 years and now we're having this is the best stretch in forever i'm cool with like winning 50 games and second round exits for the next three years it's, it's nice I'm fine to feel relevant it. yeah i'm fine with it no doubt so you can't i mean i don't the, think they're gonna be any better like you're no. it's someone's like oh the wizards aren't gonna accomplish anything like no okay <laughs> yeah i actually like the knicks position better than the wizards and here's why the wizards will never be better than the the calves like with this incarnation we will never get to the calves in their current incarnation so we actually have a head start in the rebuild you essentially are going to fall from grace very soon um and it won't collide I mean, our with best the players are like 26 <laughs> I'm just yeah i'm just saying <laughs> we got chris Tapps, yeah. all well, we got chris Tapps. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll take Chris Epps for anyone on the hey, when, Wizards. Look, when things go badly for the Knicks and Chris Epps needs a new pick and roll partner, wow. we'll, we'll make it work Is this what we're doing? Wall. This is how we're doing right now? <laughs> yeah, That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> it is true, though. That, like All the Wizards' best players are super young. Otto Porter's like a baby deer still. Same I'm with Kelly Oubre. I'm not sold on man. I'm not sold on Otto. Really? Just, uh, I think Otto Porter's oh, awesome. What do you mean sold on him, He's though. a corner shooter and a defender. Oh, I think I, he's a good, a good no, shooter, a, period. He's, he is a good shooter. He's a good he's defender. He's really good. He's also a great mid-range shooter. I actually don't think he's that much of a defender. Oh, um, wow. But he's, like, kind of perfect fit with what they're doing. Sure, so. sure. Uh, he's Again. a good player. Like, I mean, you wouldn't give Otto Porter <laughs> his own team, but he works really well but with the guys. But you're about to max him out. Yeah. Because uh, so. the market. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's fine. No just let him go. Since he's, um, just let him go to the Nets. All right. Let's yeah. get some closing closing <laughs> thoughts okay, here. Okay. We got to get we got to get everyone. So so we did touch on how we think the Knicks and Sixers will be against each other next year in terms of head to head. What are each of your expectations individually for this Knicks team? Short term, long term. Just put it out on the table here. We kind of have the emotional set. Let's give it some expectations, some X's and O's or numbers wise here. You know, I don't want to put a number on how many wins they're going to have they're not going to make the playoffs i just want to see a confident basketball team that's running something that they enjoy to run and that's competing because you can argue that they weren't really competing last year that the bench was coming out and out competing the starters um i just want to see a team that competes for 48 minutes that can attempt to win some ball games that's not letting tj mcconnell hit game winners oh that that was that the one that hurt me. me the most i was okay with the Giannis one the like, tj mcconnell one i was just hurt that felt like rock bottom you knew the one where Melo didn't contest the shot I think Chris Tapps came from behind Melo yeah. to contest that yeah, shot. Well, remember, Chris Tapps threw up the air ball, which led to that sequence. He did. Which, he but did. then, then it, we come to find out that he had like an Achilles problem, mm-hmm. so maybe he couldn't. But yeah, yeah. Oh, why'd you remind I'm me? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, it, it, I remember that was This so is supposed depressing. to be the positive end yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> pouring cold water. Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I just think that as long as we see a team out there that, that looks coherent, yep. that is competing, and that can try to win some games, I'm cool with 30 wins. Phil Jackson's gone. They're going to start building for the future. Just get us some guys. Reaffirm that you're going to run the offense through Chris Tapps. And whatever happens this season, I don't really care. We're talking three, four seasons down the line. Here's what I'm so excited about. We have hope again. And I lost all hope after this past season. This has been by far the worst season for me as a Knicks fan. I've been a Knicks fan since 1990. And there have been some really bad years like with Stephen Marbury and Larry Brown and what happened with Isaiah Thomas. I mean, there's been some, Ewing getting traded was devastating. But this, I was just embarrassed. You know, like what they did to Oakley and the thing with Mello and now with Chris Epps. I was just so utterly embarrassed. Um, Honestly, I mean, and and I've never thought this way as a fan. Do you guys have kids? You have kids? I do not. 
He's a homeowner, though. Well, congratulations, <laughs> Mazel Tov. Yeah. I, 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 I felt guilty that I was trying to groom them into Knicks fans. I did. Yeah. I, I felt bad about that. Honestly, like, why am I doing this to these guys? You know, the, my 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 sons. So, um, I just have hope again. I, I feel like they're gonna get it right. I feel like maybe a Musai will come or someone who's competent, not a senile old man who doesn't want to do what's best for the team. I mean, I just I, this disdain that I had for Phil dating back to the '90s when he was like I hated him as 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 a Bulls coach. So it was hard for me to get behind him. So now. I just want to have hope. I just want to watch games and be a normal team. And if they lose and play hard, I'm cool with that. And I love the relationship that Melo and Chris Stapps have. And I love Hernan Gomez. And I, and, and, and I admire Ron Baker for how hard he plays. I just want to have hope. I just want to have a team that's normal and that's building to something. And I feel like I got that back. I feel like I got my team back. And that's why I'm so happy. Yeah, I mean, there are ways to qualify fun basketball without wins and losses. I promise you guys. I don't As a Sixers fan, yeah. I've had a lot of fun watching some really bad teams try really hard. Execute that's what their want. coach wants from them. And like the grow. Nets. The Nets are, that's exactly yes, the what the Nets, Nets are. The last two months of the Nets season last year, they played harder than every other team, and then they started getting some wins. And um, then they rested their entire team yeah. for no reason. <laughs> I know. Year, no, just no, to no. let the Bulls in the playoffs. Uh, so I'm really proud of the Nets. <laughs> I'm not going to compare myself to the Nets. <laughs> I just want hope. Yeah. Anyhow, that's Mike Prate over there just yeah. with a bucket of ice cold water for this uh, for this podcast. <laughs> um, cool. Again, Ariel Helwani, Christian Winfield, we always appreciate when we get cool guests uh, in studio who are passionate about their teams. I mean, yes. it's clear Mike and I care about our teams, but it's nice to see that the Knicks still have some super fans who are excited for the future. We're back, baby. Yeah. Like Amari right. Stoudemire once said, basketball is back in New York. <laughs> Amari Stoudemire got two championships yeah, overseas, that's fine. That's man. Fine. That's so <laughs> crazy. <laughs> hey, he's back. part of my tribe. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, our that's tribe. Right. All right, right. cheers to that. Right. All of our tribe. Crude and Christians, yeah. why not? Let's <laughs> oh, throw it all the in The human there. tribe. The human tribe. That's right. That's right. Cool. Well, uh, this was a great podcast, guys. I think any Knicks fan listening to this, the takeaway is um, at the end of the tunnel, there is light and the sun comes up tomorrow. This is the Limited Upside Podcast. <laughs>